Okay, so this is the second attempt of me recording this episode, finding this really difficult to talk about because I don't know all the answers. I don't know all the answers. I can't neatly package up what it means to be an Asian person whose culture is inherently racist against black people. I don't know how to... I've written stuff about it. I've got a whole Google Doc in front of me. Excuse me. But I genuinely don't know whether it's even good enough. But we're going to talk anyway, because what else can we do? So I know that most of us know by now, and if you don't know, then where the hell have you been? And why are you listening to this podcast when there's so many other things to be learning right now? George Floyd was killed. He was murdered on the 25th of May by a police officer who knelt on his neck. And I don't think any of us need to watch the video to understand that on a very human level, why this video has gone viral, why it's sickening and terrible. And in all honesty, it's disturbed a lot of people. It's really affected the black community to the point where they're tired and exhausted. And if you think that you're tired from listening to the amount of information that's out there, then just imagine how black people are feeling at this time. I wanted to talk about this on the podcast as I know that there's been a really deep-rooted interracism from Asian people towards the black community. We perpetuate anti-blackness inside our communities. It's not only white people that oppress black people, but us Asians too, we need to take responsibilities in that. We do it in our Chinatowns, we do it in Asian advertising, in Asian countries, in our workplaces, in our daily lives, in jokes that we tell. I remember my mum telling me a joke about something to do with chocolate fingers and a black guy. I can't quite remember the joke, but that was told to me at a very young age. And I didn't think anything was wrong with it at the time, because it wasn't to do with my race. And don't want to labour on the point too much that I've seen it very prevalent within my own family. I've touched on this before and my aim is to discuss how are we as second generation Asian people helping to change the rhetoric? What can we do? How do we raise it with our families without getting into an argument? Do we just have to get into the argument? I don't know. I genuinely don't know the answer because from my experience, it's already happened a few times where I've been shut down. I've been told to not talk about it anymore. Um, and it's got to the point where I'm just like, what is the point? Because it's so inherently ingrained within a culture. The fact that Asian people care so much about what their friends think over beliefs that they hold in themselves or over their, the priorities of their children, that it seems like an uphill battle, if I'm honest. But we, we all know that it comes from a lack of education, it comes from plain ignorance. And like I said, I don't know <laughs> what to do. I'm not preaching what to do. I don't have all the answers. And my own research into this and education into this is so surface level that I just want to use this platform to share useful resources that I've received recently that will hopefully encourage us all to learn and just spread awareness and educate our families a bit more. 
I wanted to say thank you to Jade Fung and Chris Mack, who both reached out to me on Instagram, who helped me shape this episode together. So thank you very much to you two and everyone else who's messaged in between as well. I've seen like on Facebook, my friends sharing screenshots with me of people trying to, of Asian people trying to pull rank on racism, almost starting a racism war victim blaming and saying things like where were the media in the protests when all the racism started with coronavirus i only want to touch on this briefly but we've seen like people draw parallels with the hong kong protests versus the protests happening with the black lives matter movement and i want to acknowledge that yes our community is hurting in many political ways but this is not spurred by racism um this is spurred by a communist government that is threatening to take away the democracy of a independent country and that's all I say I'll say on that because in all honesty I don't know enough about the topic and I don't want to get into a debate on in terms of who has it worse than police brutality because this isn't a contest it starts with us just educating and learning and bringing back the conversation to Black Lives Matter that's what this is about I know so many of you already are hurting and so sad and angry about the way our community view black people and some of you might have already been affected personally by it directly and I want to explain what systemic racism is so I mean again we can't we don't even have enough time to unpack this but it's essentially institutional racism It's a form of racism that is expressed in social and political institutions and it's reflected in all areas of life across wealth, income, criminal justice, employment, housing, healthcare, political power, education, amongst other factors. Look at the companies that you work in, look at who sits at the top of the board. Are they predominantly white people? Are they predominantly white men? That's systemic racism right there. If the people at the top are only representing one race, which is usually white, then that's going to filter down and cause an issue and underrepresent so many people, especially black people. And we know that black people have been oppressed for many, many years. This isn't new, but it surprises me that people seem to think that it's over, like slavery was abolished. It's not happening anymore, but I'm sorry, but it is. I want to talk about the term white privilege. I know it's an uncomfortable term for white people, mainly because you're probably not used to being defined by the colour of your skin like minorities are. Think about it. We're called black, yellow, brown. When are white people ever called white people? And the term privilege makes you think that it means that you haven't struggled or suffered in life, and that's not the case. White privilege is basically that you haven't faced struggles based off the colour of your skin. That's all it means. It means your skin tone isn't one of the things that's made life harder. So it doesn't take away the fact that you've had struggles in life. And I want to also address that as an Asian community, we benefit from white privilege too. And yes, we definitely suffer from it as well. But let's recognise that. And I know we've all had our own prejudices and discrimination based off our names or looks like I don't know I could tell you the amount of times that I've been called chink in my life and I'm sure so many of you have too we've had 
barely any representation of East Asian people in the UK media, but that's not what we're here to discuss today. We're not here to draw comparisons or compete with our struggles. We just want to acknowledge that Chinese communities are generally trying to become very white adjacent, whether that's academically with our wealth, that's our privilege. I know that Chinese communities generally strive to be similar to white people, white adjacent they call it, whether that's in the way we live in terms of our wealth, our income, our our jobs, trying to become doctors, lawyers, in our education. There's so many factors and that is our privilege. One thing that sets us apart is the fact that we wouldn't get stopped by the police due to the colour of our skin. We wouldn't be followed around in stores and that's our privilege and that's what happens to black people. I know this doesn't come as a surprise to so many people listening. As our families have tried to survive in different countries, we want to assimilate ourselves as white people. We want to get the same respect and dignity and success as white people. But along the way, subconsciously or not, we've kind of adopted the language and beliefs of white supremacy and anti-blackness. And I think it's important to recognise that as a minority, we can be racist and deep down, even though we are striving towards being white, we never will be because that's the wrong goal. We need to change the rhetoric that has existed in Asian culture for as long as I can remember. And in order for us to be free, in order for racism to stop, especially at the moment, then we need all of us, every single race, every person that is underrepresented every disabled person, LGBTQ+, undocumented people, every single person to be equal. And I wish there was like a simple solution. There's no little like neatly packaged box where I can just take out an answer and let you know how we do this. It's complicated and it's messy and it's ingrained in our institutions to be systemically racist. And I know it feels like a hopeless task, but there are actionable ways that we can actually help change this if we all do it together. And this isn't a trend, like, yeah, it's tiring. We've been bombarded with information recently and it's almost as if if you're not involved in the conversation, then you're you're complicit with racism. But just imagine for a second what that must be like. If we're just finding out the lived experiences of black people now, Imagine living like that your entire life. Because I know that we've just started suffering mass racism from coronavirus, but racism for me has happened on and off over the years. It's not something that I've had to think about every single day, but they have, black people have had to think about it every single day. I also think that it's quite interesting how Some Asian people, they borrow black culture because it's cool, and that's fine. Obviously, that's okay. But when it comes to allyship, we can't just abandon them here. We can't just take parts of black culture and then retreat when times get tough. This is when we need to stand up for them. So what can we do? What can we actually do? And I've really struggled to bullet point this because there's so much more we can do, but I don't want to overwhelm 
people. I don't want to preach to people. These are just some things that are pulled together that hopefully we're all doing already. I'm sure most people are who listen to this. Follow the lead of black people. Listen to them. Listen to their stories. Listen to what they're saying. Like You only need to go into Instagram for someone to have shared an IGTV of a black person talking about their lived experiences. Watch the full video. Instead of listening to your usual podcast or whatever you listen to, radio music, YouTube videos, pop this on whilst you're out for a run, whatever you normally do. Can you safely have uncomfortable conversations with your family and friends about their own prejudices towards black people? I know that I need to do this. I know that I've been putting it off with certain people really close to me because I'm so scared of making them uncomfortable and having that fallout. But then it's got to the point where it's affecting my mental health because I'm like, oh God, do I bring it up? I don't know how to bring it up because I don't want to be awkward. I don't want them to think I'm being sensitive and, you know, making a big deal out of nothing. But this is a big deal because people are dying. People are dying every single day. Black people are dying every single day because of the way our world works. So if we don't talk about it now, when are we going to talk about it? This is almost like a pep talk to myself. There's an amazing website as well called um, lettersforblacklives.com, which has been translated into so many languages, including Chinese, so we can share with our families. I'll pop it in the show notes, but share it on Facebook, share it on WeChat. When I saw this letter, I Google translated my own little like caption to ask my family and friends to just read that letter. And to be honest, didn't get that much engagement on it because it's really tough when you feel like your family don't actually care about the lives of black people. I think that's what it comes down to. It's knowing that they don't care or they choose not to care. But we can try, right? We can share it on Facebook. We can share it on WeChat. Share more articles, carry on doing it. I'm not going to stop talking about it. I'm not going to stop talking about racism because it makes a few people uncomfortable. So I've talked about dating black guys and how my mum has reacted to it and it's uncomfortable. But any uncomfortable topic, it sparks debate and it sparks thought and then it sparks change eventually. This is an amazing book and I'm sure so many of you read it called why I'm no longer talking to white people about race. I'm sure you've seen it all over social media. And it's a British author called Rennie Edo Lodge. And I read it last year and it breaks it down in such a simple way. I never knew the term systemic racism or institutional racism before I read these books. I had no idea. I couldn't articulate how I felt. There was no language that I could use to express how I was feeling and this book was so accessible in breaking that down and I think it it really makes me think like in terms of our education how I've had a good education I've graduated from uni blah 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 throughout that entire time of primary school high school college uni no one has ever educated me about race it's something that we're all having to learn and so I think from that does come a bit of patience when it comes to our families, if our, if we haven't learned about it in school and we're educated, or we're supposedly educated, then imagine how difficult it must be for our parents who may not have gone to university, who may not have even had an education. My dad left school when he was in year eight. Imagine how difficult it must be for them to comprehend this type of topic. 
I'm such a like hypocrite. Like I'm not patient with my mum whatsoever. But you know, we can try. Moving on. So seems like such an obvious point, but don't ask black people to educate you. Don't put any additional pressure or burden on them. There's so much free content out there that we don't even need to be badgering black people right now when they're already feeling exhausted and going through so much. And then lastly, I think just call it out whenever you see it. Call out systemic racism. If you see at work that it's predominantly white men at the top, question it. Question why that is. Question what they're doing in terms of their HR policy. How are they making sure that when they hire people, they're not um, performing unconscious biases towards people's names? They're not actively throwing out names that are foreign sounding. Because there's stats to back that up, that that happens. It happens every single day. And these are the types of racist acts that we don't see. Call out your relatives who freeze up when they see black people walk into the takeaway or to the restaurant. Call out any doctors that you know who might have minimised a black person's pain. Call out any form of microaggression that you might see. I've heard recently from listening to stories from black people that they've mentioned that people say some things like, oh, oh, you don't sound like a black person. Or I've heard recently, oh, I didn't want to listen to that podcast because it sounded too black. Call it out. I've been too afraid to in the past. I've been too afraid and I still am. I still am. I don't, I don't profess to be any less afraid, but I think if we do it in solidarity, it's the only way to get our messages across and then you can just message me and be like, I've just done it. And I'll be like, okay, fine, I'll do it too. And I know so many of you listening to this podcast are already discovering and finding out and educating yourselves when it comes to black culture. And the chats that I've had with you guys have been so insightful. You guys are so educated and smart and eloquent and articulate way more than I am. So use that Asian smartness, whether you're Asian or not, use that smartness and use this effort to just do the best we can to support the Black Lives Matter movement. Do the best we can, continue the conversation. And I hope you guys are taking care during this time. I know the world seems like a really fucked up place at the moment. So take care of yourselves, take care of one another and check in on your loved ones. Please look at the show notes because I'm going to leave loads of resources there below. And I just hope you're all doing okay during this time.